Welcome back to another episode of the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales. And today, for the first time, we have not one, but two guests on the podcast. Introducing the first one, Derek. How you doing, man? Hey, man. What's going on, everybody? And joining me again, Ryan Lim. How you doing, man? Glad to be here for the co-host Deathmatch with Derek. <laughs> the first uh, menage a trois, if you will, of the uh, the BBB podcast. So let's go ahead and get into some of uh, the NBA news that broke uh, today slash yesterday. Dwayne Wade reaches a buyout agreement with the Bulls. You know, I kind of we kind of saw that coming. Uh, gave back eight million of the twenty three point eight million salary that he was promised. Originally, he had Cleveland, San Antonio, and Miami as like leaders to sign with, but he quickly reached an agreement for a one year deal to join the Cavaliers for two point three million. Derek, I'm gonna toss it to you first. What do you think this means, and uh, are you surprised a little bit by this news? Uh, man, uh, pretty huge for the Cavs. Uh, Honestly, the first thought I had was uh, I think the Cavs might have won this offseason when a lot of people were thinking that they lost to the Celtics uh, with that trade. Um, with getting getting Wade uh, greatly improves the Cavs' depth, I thought uh, that's what kind of lost it to them in the finals last year. I mean, they were a three away from Corver for tying that series 2-2. I think it's a little closer than what people thought. Uh, they just were lacking a little bit of depth there. And even though D Wade's not the superstar he once was, I mean, I think you got a lot of good, fairly older players, but uh, this could greatly improve the depth of the Cavs. I think they won in this offseason, and it makes this season even more exciting. I love how all the players are more mobile. For sure, for sure. Ryan? Uh, yeah, I think the Cavs get a lot deep here, like Derek says. I like the addition of D-Wade, especially since before they were teaming up J.R. Smith and Amon Shumpert. Uh, D-Wade is definitely not the two of like that he used to be, to where that he could just handle 43 minutes a game. I think this is a perfect pairing. If you pair J.R. Smith and D-Wade together, they could make a pretty awesome tag team. Yeah, what I like is it gives LeBron another familiar face he can rely on to like score when he you know needs rest. I mean, we saw in the finals the guy took like two minutes of rest and I think it was game three and lost. Like you just you just can't win like that. Uh, so I, the way I kind of have it, I think the starting five it's got to look Isaiah Thomas at the one, Dwayne Wade um, at the two, LeBron at the three, Kevin Love at the four, and then for the five like insert cheap center. Whoever the hell they want. I probably put throwing Tristan Thompson there, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Who also? Ooh, Tristan Thompson. Really quick, Tristan Thompson, new baby daddy. Uh, who is it with, that he's with, that he's with? Is it Courtney Kardashian? I think. Um, Ryan, help me out here. I, I, are you talking about Travis Scott with the Jenner? No, no, no. That's that's one, but I think it's Tristan Thompson. Wow, that's Courtney Kardashian. Awfully active right now. I have no clue. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Right when like their new like show or whatever dropped. Anyways, uh, thrilling material right there. Anyways, you know, I just I wouldn't be surprised if they like kind of like stagger minutes between uh, Derrick Rose and D Wade. Uh, Wade actually had a decent season last year. Um, averaged eighteen point three points per game, four point five rebounds per game, three point eight assists per game. But uh, what do you guys think about like their you know? I'm not sure if they're going to be that good of a defensive team. Well, uh, I mean, for me here, uh, really, what it comes down to is, I mean, you got you got LeBron. I don't think I think I don't think Dwayne 
Dwayne Wade uh, changes that defensive scheme too much. I mean, he's a veteran. Uh, when LeBron was on the court, uh, the score differential was essentially even with the Warriors. I mean, that's what we're ending up talking here. I mean, who's like, do they have a championship? Do they have a shot at winning the whole thing? I mean, it was almost even with LeBron on the court. And then when you had Kyrie on the court uh, without LeBron, I think the point differential was 40 points or so. So, I mean, you got a veteran that could maybe come off the bench, you know, with how much de- depth they have and, and uh, can get some scoring going. Um, I'm not too worried about the defense. I think it'll be all right. Yeah, I, I don't know. The defense is definitely an issue, and I think if it comes down, we're, I think it's going to be another Cavs-Warriors final. And if you're trying to outshoot the Warriors, you're going to have to be an offensive juggernaut. And even with this new lineup, I'm not completely sold that the Cavs are going to be able to do it. Yeah, I mean, I just think, so you got Isaiah Thomas, who's like so short that he kind of just presents a glaring you know, hole in the Cavs' defense. Like an offense at any time can really just target him at will and know you're going to get a good matchup. Also, what do y'all think of like this, like all injured team? I mean, you got Derek Rose, Dwayne Wade, who's like always battling something. Isaiah Thomas is hurt right now. My friend, uh, or the guy, one of these guys I follow on, on Twitter, his name's Al Zeidenfeld. He called it the all icy hot team. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I think uh, IT is supposed to come back in like January. So, you know, with this addition as well, you know, you just have another player that can kind of step up until IT gets back. So uh, it's, it's, I think it's nothing but good news here. Over under how many wins does uh, the IC Yacht team get? <laughs> I mean, they're like the only team in the East. I mean, there's, there's no one now. There's like not even yeah, any you're, good you're basically, you're basically talking Cavs and Celtics uh, only. So uh, I don't know. Just, I wonder uh, where Vegas has it. Man, what, 55 wins or something like that? I'd probably put it at. Yeah, I might I might look at it here in a second when you guys are talking and see what the uh, over-under is because I'd be willing to take the over just because there's there's nobody in the East now. Um, I mean, yeah, the only other team you have is the Celtics. And even then, I still don't see them beating them this year. Uh, what, what, what do you, what do you think Dwayne Wade does when LeBron leaves? Cause I think he's going to leave and you know, this is a one year deal. Wade obviously knows LeBron's probably going to leave too. So he didn't want to like stay in Cleveland for God forbid if LeBron leaves. So do you think he goes back to Miami? I don't. I. Uh, I mean, it kind of depends on how it how it goes down, right? If this team proves to be the ICR team and some old veterans, and they can't stay healthy, and they don't do as well as what's expected, then you know LeBron's certainly going to leave. But you know, if if they end up you know kicking ass, then. Maybe he does stay around. I know everybody's talking about, you know, him going to L.A. and everything. That's been the most hyped topic, just like of speculation. But, you know, if the Cavs actually uh, kick some ass this year, you know, maybe that turns the tables. Maybe D-Wade wants to stay again. LeBron wants to stay with that team. Maybe pick up some guys in the offseason. And, you know, who knows? Yeah, I think D-Wade is just going to follow LeBron around like a puppy for the rest of his career. I mean, we see that he signed for a pretty low contract, like a two point five, two point four million dollar contract. So I can see him just going wherever LeBron goes and just signing for like the vet minimum and just see what happens. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I looked it up. The Cavs this so this was early September. They have a fifty three point five win project, oh, yeah, over projection. For sure. yeah, over for sure. I would pick I would pick Actually that, that 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 brings up an interesting comment. Do you have all the over and unders? It'd be interesting to talk about maybe the top five. I know Warriors are in the sixties. Let's see. Um Golden State is at sixty-seven point five. No, definitely lower on that. But holy shit, <laughs> that's uh, top that ten teams all-time level. That's not happening. Houston fifty-five point five. 
Oh man, I, lo- I love my Rockets, but I mean, I just don't know. I- I'm curious to see how they gel. Uh, I-, I would probably just say the over because I'm a fan, but you know, we'll see. I'm gonna say under by like one or two. Okay, uh, Oklahoma City, fifty-three point five. That's mm. one team with the addition of Melo that that could be really interesting there. I mean, I can't decide if they're number two or three in the West. Uh, that's just another exciting thing about this season. I'm not sure how they're going to do, but I mean, they I do have three four. stars. Yeah, I had them at four when we did our podcast on Sunday, and like, I mean, the more and more people I keep talking about, they make the more they make me seem like a dumbass. I guess, like, I don't know. I just. It's just hard to always, you know, even as a Spurs fan, like I know, but it's always hard to bet against Pop, you know, putting a really good, uh, you know, close to 55, 58 win team out there. Like he's, he always does that in season in and season out. But uh, who else? We got Boston at 54. I, mm. I think I'd go even there. I could definitely see them winning 54. Again, yeah, and they, okay, so right now they're updated. It's Boston 54 and Cleveland at 54. Oh, like I wouldn't got to go over a Cleveland. So it's basically like, who would you pick yeah, for the one no, seed? No, no, I'd go lower then. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, you know, I was we were talking about this uh, on Sunday, Ryan. Do you think? Do you think there's like a legitimate? Like, I mean, there's always there's been like an argument for this for like years. But you think it's getting like more and more pronounced that they the the conferences should be like reshuffled. Um, I don't know if they should just be or reshuffled. Just I just think that they should take the best teams for the playoffs and not even deal with the whole like division conference thing. Because like, remember the Brooklyn Nets made it in a couple years and we were like 40 and 44. And I think we were a seventh seed. It was like the Pacers at the eight Nets at the seventh. And then like the Hornets at the sixth seed. And like, dude, all three of those teams were garbage. I mean, what it comes down to with with that is, I mean, if you're going to do top teams, I think you should do away with the conferences. I mean, talk about a big change with the league. You know, it's been tradition that way. But, I mean, when you're talking about uh, keeping Western and Eastern conferences, those Eastern conference teams are still going to play more Eastern conference, uh, you know, the other teams. So they might have a weaker schedule than West. Uh, I mean, take top take top 16 and roll with it. I, I, I think it'd be fun to combine it. Yeah, that's another thing I thought about too. Is just take yeah, take the top sixteen teams of both conferences and just mix the mix the seedings. All right, so let's go. Let's talk about the UT versus Iowa State game this Saturday. UT one and two, Iowa State two and one. The line right now is a UT minus six and a half. Who do you guys think is going to play at quarterback? Uh, I mean, I thought Sam looked really good against USC. I was really impressed with how he played. Uh, I think we should just keep rolling with that. But personally, you know, I think uh, with UT, with with extra risk, having a bye last week, uh, either one could play. I think we should have this one in the bag. Yeah, I don't know. Um, So I'm torn because they're both young. Uh, I think if the injury never happened to Bouchelle, like Sam would not even have started this year anyways. So, but... But then again, you got to roll with the hot hand. And Sam was really impressive in his last outing. I didn't think – I thought we were going to get murdered. And it turned out that he put up a pretty close game. I would probably roll with him. Shane is a good, above-average college quarterback, but we know who he is. We know his ceiling. Sam, he's a no product. Let's roll with it and see what we can get. Yeah, I like, really liked how he – I mean, I liked how he played down the stretch in that USC game short of that freaking fumble. But, uh, you know – what what did Shane hurt again? Do you guys remember? Mm, off the top of my head, I don't remember. I think he should be healthy by now, but I agree. I think Sam should start. Um, 
you know, if he could if he could play that well, you know, in the brightest of stages against USC, he should be able to take care of this Iowa State team. Do you guys think the defense is going to be this be as good as they were last week? Or I mean, like you know, we talked about it last podcast. I mean, I thought we won the trenches. Our, our line, both lines, played fairly well. And I mean, I I hope so, man. I mean, uh, you know, Iowa State's not near the strength of USC. Uh, and like I said, we have some rest. So uh, hopefully, we keep up the intensity and and uh, win the trenches again. Yeah, Iowa State's putting up forty one point three points per game. That their quarterback Jacob Park is like completing sixty seven percent of his passes. Almost a thousand yards already. They've been able to score. I hope. Uh, who, have, who have they played? Uh, like I'm not fairly sure of their schedule. I will go look team. that up, Ryan. I'll look it up. You uh, um, give your honestly, I, I hope the defense can keep up, especially with the week off. If we can keep the, the intensity and the offense can keep them off the field, that's probably the biggest thing. That's how we got creamed in the first week by Maryland. It's just the defense had no rest, and whenever you're playing on no rest, you're gonna let guys pass. You're gonna miss tackles. You're gonna miss assignments. I mean, honestly, that's about it. We have to be an all-well-rounded team to win this game. Yeah, for sure. Who? Okay, they played you and I. Um, they played Iowa, and they played Akron. Okay, that Iowa team was actually really good. I've Akron, only watched yeah. one of their games because I'm yeah, up in the, like, the Northeast, but whenever they played Penn State, they should have won that game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they they that that came, that that game literally came down to the last play. They played that team really hard, uh, and even even that game that they won, they only won by three points. So, I think this line started at uh, either five or six under. Now it's you know six and a half. So people are betting on UT. Seems like the vast majority of Vegas and and other betting uh, sites are taking UT here, and I have to agree. I think uh, I think we should have this one by a touchdown or more. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably take the horns and just. You know, even with the spread, probably. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, that's like what a touchdown. I'd I'd assume they're going to beat them. By yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be around like thirty-eight to thirty-one, give or take. All right, let's uh, let's make our eliminator picks for the week. This is kind of a, a weird week for me. You know, last week, last week I thought I had it in the bag. I thought it was either I thought it was pretty obvious. I either thought it was Patriots going to stomp the Texans. And I thought the Packers were going to stomp the Bengals. And me and Derek talked about this both. Like, both of those came very, very close to losing. Ryan, uh, what teams are you uh, I just want to so say far? for last week, I picked the Jets. And, of course, the Jets found a way to let me down. Again, I picked them to lose. And even whenever <laughs> I want them to lose, they can't lose. Like, this is insane. Always letting Always. you down one way or another. So who are the so there so you're picking the Jags? Uh, no, I, I'm not picking against them again. Uh, let me take a look at the schedule real quick. Derek? Uh, for yeah, for me, I was I'm looking at two games here. I mean, this past weekend was strange because a lot of the teams that were looking so solid just looked like they had some huge weaknesses, and you know these these make these picks a little more interesting. But uh, the two games I was looking at was Seahawks, Colts. So I'll probably take the Seahawks there. But neither have looked particularly good. But Colts barely squeaked a win against the Browns by three points. Um, and you know I think the Seahawks just have better personnel that could win that one. But the one I'm going to put the money on is uh, Patriots on the Panthers. Uh, Cam Newton hasn't looked good at all, and they only scored 13 points against Saints' poor defense. So uh, I'm going to take Patriots there, even though they didn't look that great against the Texans. I think Brady will, you know, yeah, find a win. Should be no uh, problem. Bengals Browns for mine. I, I really like the way that the Bengals came out last week. They just looked a lot better and improved on the past two weeks. Um, I don't know if this team 
is going to be laser, elite man. enough to where you can, like, quote-unquote, like, save them for down the stretch. So if you're going to, like, use a pick like the Bengals, you should do it now. Bill Lazor, man, got that offense in check. You guys think Cam's hurt? Because he looked awful against one of the worst defenses in the league in the Saints. I'm not I'm not sure exactly what's going on with the man. He certainly doesn't look like himself. Uh, you'd think some injury uh, report would come out about it to maybe at least cover at least cover up how bad he's doing, you know. He's not really talking about it that much. Um yeah, I'm not sure, but I, that's why I'm taking the Patriots here. And against Ryan's argument, I like picking good teams early because, I mean, you got guys dropping out every week. I'd rather get the for sure uh, wins and then start taking some risks later in the season when there's only a couple people left. Yeah, I think I saw something about Cam Shoulder being hurt, so I'm assuming that's it. I think he did have rotator cuff surgery in the offseason, so that's probably it. Yeah, I feel bad for you, Ryan. I was actually on the on the Dolphins as my pick for, like, at least all the way through Saturday. And then I don't know that that I got that Jay Cutler feeling, and I just had to switch. At the I last uh, I wore my name of jersey this week. That's what it was. I I knew I left it at home, but no, we won, and I'm pretty upset. Yeah, I kind of had the same teams on the schedule as you did, Derek. I had Colts at Seahawks, Seattle's minus thirteen, Panthers at Patriots, New England minus nine. The other one I had on the schedule was Bills at Atlanta, Atlanta minus eight. I think. I think all of those are probably safe bets. The one that probably scares them the most is at Atlanta. I mean, the the Falcons should have probably lost that game against Detroit had Golden Tate been like an inch taller. Um, the the Patriots uh, nearly lost to the Texans of all teams. So that one kind of I think scary. I think I think that I think that Seahawks line if we're talking from a Vegas perspective that is way too many points. I don't even know if Seahawks could put up 13 points at all. So uh yeah. you know, pro betting tip, I probably go at least Seahawks win but less than 13. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, th- thankfully this the eliminator is not like uh you pick, you know, uh, with you know, have to get the spread right as well. You just have to get Just got to win. Yeah. yeah. So I think I'm going to go with Seattle here. I like that they're playing at home. I don't think is it uh, – what's his name? Is it Jacoby yeah, Brissett, right, that's really playing for them? Last. I don't think he's got it. Yeah, he looked good, but it's the Browns. Like, you're going to look good against the Browns. I think that's the most popular – yeah, that one's the most popular pick this week too. Everyone's also got uh, Green Bay uh, for tomorrow's game against Chicago. I don't know. Green Green Bay scared me last week. I mean, they won. They, I got it right. But, uh, man, uh, they, that was scary, and the Bears somehow will beat the Steelers. So I'm just not touching that game. All right. Let's talk about, once again, the NFL taking a knee. There is something big kind of came across that I did not expect. Um, DirecTV is apparently refunding Sunday ticket uh, mem- uh, memberships or package, whatever you want to call it, to uh, fans who say that they no longer want to watch the NFL because of the protest. I mean, this is a close to like a $300 package that they had to pay for and that they're, and that they're uh, you know, refunding it almost a quarter into the season already is kind of remarkable. I didn't really see this coming, but, you know, that's got to be like a pretty big deal that they would do that. I wonder, I got to, I really am really, really curious to see what the ratings are after this week of NFL. I mean, this Sunday was kind of like, okay, everybody watched to see what's, what everyone's going to do. But now that every everybody's seen their team and everyone's seen what their players have chosen to do, it's going to be really interesting to see how many of those people who say they no longer want to watch the NFL actually mean it. 
I mean, uh, this whole thing is uh, turning it into a little bit of a shit show. Um, I know that with the Sunday ticket, I believe it's about 350 bucks if you didn't get it free from some promotion. So it really only takes like 3,000 people to decide to cancel that uh, to cost uh, DirecTV uh, a million bucks. And in the grand scheme of things, that might not be a ton compared to how much they make. But, uh, you know, people are speaking with their money, and I'm a proponent of that. And although it doesn't directly affect the NFL that way, it will affect, you know, what kind of deal DirecTV has with the NFL going forward. So, um, yeah, I mean, so just some crazy stuff. I know in my personal circles, I know some people drop it in the uh, NFL Sunday ticket. So, uh, I mean, my thing is, is anybody really going to stop watching NFL just because of this? I, I don't really think so. I mean, I don't really mind it. I don't care to hear about any of it. I, I'm usually in the bathroom taking a shit, like, right until kickoff anyways. So I just try to avoid all of that. But, I mean, even if you get rid of, like, DirecTV, like, Sunday Ticket, Red Zone, all of that, you're still going to watch football. I mean, there's not going to be one person who goes from watching every single game to no game. There's not going to be that person. I mean, I could see if you're like a fan of the Browns, you stop watching or something, you know, some or the the Giants they look terrible. I mean, no one's yeah, going to want to pay extra money Browns to see them world, so. when they're, you know. <laughs> I mean, I would say like, listening to some uh, sportscasts like, as I'm driving to work, I, a lot of people are calling in and saying they are boycotting the NFL completely, whether they're military veterans and they felt disrespected or for other reasons. You know, I don't know how big of a fraction, but I know there are people completely boycotting the NFL after watching for decades. I, did, so, yeah, I definitely um, agree. I, I, think they, I, think that, I think there's at least a good – a sizable amount of people who actually stick with it now for how long? I don't know. I mean, the, the NFL is going to reign supreme as like the sport for at least another month now. I mean, the, the NBA preseason is starting up, but it's not, it's not going to really get going to like mid, you know, close to Halloween. And, you know, that's a whole month of sports that you'd have to go with and to not watch it over some stupid kneeling is, I'm going to call bullshit on it at the end of the day, but I'm with you, Derek. I think there is a good amount of people out there who actually stick to it. Um, yeah, I just maintain. I don't think it's a huge fraction. I think they're out there, but, you know, uh, I don't know how big of a percentage it is. I mean, one thing that was interesting I was reading earlier today was now the Steelers are saying they're going to stand for the anthem and all that stuff and, quote, do what's right. So I'm not really sure what's going on here. Um, I'm not really sure what this is even about anymore, um, but it's clearly the Steelers have changed their mind and they're going to start standing again. So, you know, whatever caused that decision is beyond me. No kidding. Ryan, I think we should uh, get your uh, take on the top five domestic beers. I didn't really oh, ask you to prepare uh, it, but uh, you got to come to the podcast. Are we counting like PBR as a domestic beer, or like only like big names? What would you say, th- Derek? Isn't PBR Canadian? Oh, I thought PBR was Canadian. Now, that was we used to it was like mix. made in Milwaukee so, for the longest time. Okay, well, I'm going to go with uh, PBR uh, at five because uh, it's awful. It's really shitty. But, hey, it's like the only thing that you can get on drink special up here for some reason. You can go to any bar in Philadelphia, and the only drink special would be like $6 PBR pitchers. I don't understand it. I really don't. But I'm starting to – Every time – Every time I hear PBR, oh, I always yeah, think of Clint Eastwood in Grand Torino because that's what you drink. Um, after that, I would say four <laughs> is Bud Light. Um, not a huge fan of Bud Light either. It's basically just water pretending that it's beer. 
I've never like sat down and been like, hey, I really enjoy this. I've never been to Abel's whenever that girl is passing out Bud Light buckets. And I'm like, wow, thanks. I usually just give it to Tebow or something like that. Um, at three, I'm going to have to go uh, Budweiser. Um, only because I'm loyal to the brand. I'll put it at three. I'm not actually a huge fan of it. It's uh, it's probably the lowest tier of like the quote-unquote okay domestic beers. Um, I mean, I'll never turn down a free one, so if I got it, I'll, I'll drink it. Uh, two is probably going to be Coors Light. I'm a huge proponent of Coors Light. It is probably the best, like, nationally, like, wide beer that you can get. Um, I think if I have to go anywhere, like Desert Island, not picky, you can only drink one beer for the rest of your life, I'd probably go Coors Light. But the number one, if we're, if we're counting this, is Milwaukee's Best. Now, hear me out. It tastes oh like piss, God. and it's not very oh good. God. But, you know, you can get a 30-rack of this stuff for cheaper than anything else. Uh, you're going to hate yourself while you drink it, and you feel just so Midwestern when you do. I feel like I just came back from working 18 hours in the factory and supporting my kids, putting food on the table while I drank this beer. That's the most American thing, honestly. You know, no disrespect to Ryan, but this could that could be the like worst top five domestic beer you're oh, gonna ever have on the show, Joey. I mean, my yeah, God. I mean, <laughs> where do we start? It's where, not based on we... flavor at all. It's based on the idea of beer. The pro- the problem, Derek, is that Ryan oh, no, doesn't really beer drink beer. Like yeah, when we go to Abel's, he just chugs teas. Yeah, you're a liquor guy. That's true. That is true. Yeah, that is true. So I guess I can give him a pass on, on like that. Like when we were going to New Orleans, or excuse me, I wish it was when we went to Mobile, Alabama, Ryan was just in the back with me chugging like whatever dollar uh, fat boys we could get. Uh, what was it? Like best Milwaukee's light, best Bullshits, light, Milwaukee's best and ice. Just like natty ice. Bullshit, that's the beer you drink too. Natty Ice. I, I'm that's not a connoisseur of beer. I'll just go ahead and say God. that there's a there's this cheesecake place by my house, and I'm a vegetarian still. I only eat there whenever I'm like fucking blackout drunk. But they're the only place in the city that sells Colt 45s, and I go in there and I buy about a case of it a week. I actually have one sitting on my desk right now, so that that shows you what type of beer guy I am. See, Derek, you can drop F-bombs whenever you want on this podcast. Hey, man, I was just trying to be respectful, but yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not about respect here, man. Cool. Respect is not for the boys. All right, let's talk about that big FBI investigation. I think this might go down as one of the bigger FBI. Like, whenever I was, like, reading how many people were arrested, I just imagined that, like, scene out of Wolf of, Wall- Wolf of Wall Street when they're just bagging and tagging everybody in the office and they're just kicking and screaming. I mean, so basically what happened is the FBI launched this three-year undercover investigation. It was like – like they didn't even tell the NCAA they were doing it. They just launched it. Um, they linked many, many teams to fraud of some sorts. Louisville is the, one of the main programs that got uh, linked to fraud and corruption in basketball recruiting. They placed Rick Patino on administrative leave. Uh where do you where do you guys want to start here? Because this is a this is a big boy. 
Oh, man. Uh, a couple things about this. Um, okay, so you think that Rick Pitino, when he went to Louisville, just started, you know, doing, uh, you know, cheating and breaking the system when he went there? I don't think so. I mean, I think this is rampant throughout any big program, whether it's football or basketball. Uh, I mean, I think it's unrealistic to say that no teams are doing this through some method or another. Um, and another point I had is honestly, when it comes to particularly college basketball is I think if you're 18, you should go directly to the league. I think a lot of people agree with that. And uh, I mean, we got people at 18 trying to pursue anything they want, you know, whether it's music or trying to be an actor, or we have 18 year olds going off to war, you know, with guns and risking their lives before they even legally have a beer. I think these, uh, basketball players should be allowed to go to the, uh, level, you know, right out of high school. I mean, look at LeBron, look at Garnett, T-Mac, you know, you name it. Uh, they should be allowed to go. Uh, so I honestly think with, you know, this scandal, uh, I don't see what the big deal is. I think every program is doing something like this. So, I, you know, and I think if you if you come from an impoverished neighbor or something and you do have to go to college uh, to play ball for one year and you see all the money rolling in on these big programs, why not get a little bit of a cut of that? I yeah, mean, that's I, I just want to know how the FBI, do they like do stings? Do they have like a, a 45-year-old white balding dude poses like Joe Basketball and he like wore a watch? and got recruited like a five-star athlete like how how do they find these i that's what i want to know but i mean honestly i'm okay with the rule um of staying one year in college basketball a lot of people what they do they just go play overseas which honestly isn't a bad idea it can like it can make some of these like european and chinese leagues sources of like d league potential because our d league is not that great as it is right now I think we've moved more like a, a soccer style to where like you have like other leagues on which to like feed off of and introduce new talent. You can do that. And I think that having the one year requirement is uh is a way to do that. But I don't I don't know. I just, I just like the fact that uh Patino was probably sitting there and like getting a rub and tug and the FBI just like kicked down his office and just like started screaming at him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Louisville lost like two top 100 ranked players because of this. They decommitted. It was uh, <coughs> Anthony Simmons, guard who is ranked eighth in the nation, and Courtney Ramy or Rami, who's another guard ranked 49th. So I think that they don't even have any commits. I mean, my big thing is the, with the Louisville season, thing, they caught uh, them like basically paying a player 150 thousand uh, dollars to like go to Louisville and. If we just, like, legalize this and allow teams to spend, like, X amount of cap money to get players, I mean, these kids are going to go to the big schools anyways. They're not going to go to, like, UT Arlington to play basketball. They're going to go to these Louisvilles, the Vanderbilts, the Villanovas. Like, if we all, like, just had a cap space where you could recruit on an even ground and you can't exceed this amount, like, $180,000 in the long run, like, what a player can bring to your franchise and do for your school, that's nothing. So you're asking? For- yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think uh, with uh, that doesn't change what's already going on, right? You got ESPN top 100 players. I think most of them go to the big programs anyway. So whether you have this rule or not, I don't think anything's going to change there. Uh, I think it's unlikely, particularly for basketball, that some up and coming player going to a small school, okay, he blows up the first year. Well, then he's going to the league. So I, I think the, this 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 scandal of sorts, you know, they should just change the rule here. I don't think anything's going to change if they do. Yeah, four other assistant coaches. From Arizona, Auburn, Oklahoma State, USC were all charged with fraud. Also with this, the the the, the counts that they got him on, man, bribery conspiracy, solicitation of bribes, honest service fraud conspiracy, 
honest service fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, travel act conspiracy. They also arrested this guy, James Gatto, who was apparently the global uh, sports marketing director for Adidas. And I think Adidas was like the main, um, like the main, the main worker that, that went along with this too. They got a lot yeah, of, I was uh, reading that. that's actually like how they got a lot of these bribes as well. Like, uh, in Louisville's case, they basically accepted like an $180,000 deal. And then they just used that money to pay this kid. Like, that's about it. Good God. I think, and I, I could be wrong about this, but I was reading earlier, too, that Nike's also getting checked out for this. I don't think they've been, you know, charged with anything or been involved with anything directly yet, but the FBI is also oh, looking at Nike. Meanwhile, it's just so over here, like, prove we told you guys. Yeah. All we I have mean, to do is just lay low, and then one day, once everybody else gets nailed, we'll be the guy. Oh, man. <laughs> College basketball is just a mess. The, the games are boring until, like, the NCAA tournament, and then even then it's like you're, – I mean, you're only watching for the upsets and, like, the Final Four. Here's another little interesting wrinkle, particularly Louisville is. Uh, they fired their AD because of this and other scandals in the past, but um, uh, Bobby Petrino, uh, football coach for Louisville, now his buyout is $4.25 million instead of $8.5 million. Uh, there's a lot of struggling programs right now that have you know disdain for their coach currently. I mean, A&M, LSU, Tennessee, Mizzou, to name a few. Uh, yeah, all those SEC schools that are kind of struggling right now. Well, now you can get it for half the price. And $4.25 million for these big programs, pretty cheap and i think petrino would easily go over there so there's another coach easily in the mix uh to replace the current coaches in some of those le- uh some of those teams speaking of AM, uh, did ut just i think the fan base or the student population just v- had a vote uh to voice their opinions on whether or not to bring the ut AM game back I, I think like no matter what i don't think it's it's i don't think it's going to come back as long as AM is in the sec just because money reasons and i i just don't see it just because of how they usually like to schedule their games at the beginning but it's worth bringing up i think uh, i mean i think you know i think you're right with uh, i don't think that's happening but uh you're gonna make a a ton of cash from this game regardless i think it's i think it's a pride thing between the teams and i think a&m kind of wanted to get away from being shadowed by texas so i don't think I, it's gonna I happen but if it did happen like way back I mean, you're talking about a cash cow government. every single year and uh i just want to say that student government doesn't have any power to say this at all or make any decision making like if you don't <laughs> that's what i'm saying if you go and sign that student petition like good for you but just know it's not going to do anything I remember I remember in middle school everyone was trying to win like student council president by promising to like uh get rid of the dress code and like people won because of that and I just remember going in like you know like, what I ran on thinking, like, I ran on bringing beer sales thing, to DKR and guess what I was fucking right I was right and everyone <laughs> I, I would have looked like a genius you had the you had the you had yeah, you saying. had the uh you had the right uh platform Ryan USC needed that, by the way. Talk about like so many commercial breaks. Oh my gosh! All I wanted was a beer, and like you couldn't get one over there. Wait, so, really? Geez. You can't buy beer at the yeah. University? No, no beer at the LA Memorial Coliseum, dude. It was absolutely horrible. I mean, yeah, I would bitch about that, but I mean, UT was the same way for like a long time. But true. Yeah, Derek, why didn't you do that? 
because I was well, because I'm a dipshit. I don't know. Like I was traveling. I guess I wasn't as prepared. I didn't even know they didn't sell beer there. Actually, that's why I wasn't prepared. Let's at all. end with. Uh, well, unless you guys have anything else, let's. Uh, what's y'all's favorite uh, liquor? To uh, put in class? I would say that Fireball is mine because whenever you're going to a sporting event, like your liquor is going to get hot. Like it is. Like whenever, whether you're taping something to your leg or putting it in your dick. Like, I want something that's drinkable when, like, oh, definitely. 85 degrees. So I'm always a big proponent of Fireball. This Texas OU, I hope none of the guards are listening to this. I will be strapped up. I will have so many of those, like, foldable containers of Fireball on my person. And if you if you pat me down and find one of those, I am sprinting off. Good luck catching me. Yeah, I think you're fine. I'm pretty sure all seven of our listeners aren't guards for the – cotton ball game ryan but um i don't i actually have like the exact opposite take i think fireball is like awful when it's hot i actually tend to go with like whiskey just regular whiskey i think it's i think it's perfect because you can just get like a coke at the game and just like chase it with that if you need to but what do you think Derek? uh i mean if you have the money to get higher shelf stuff i usually would take uh makers or something like that it's versatile you can get uh like soda at the concessions and you can mix it with pretty much everything you get there and it's got you know higher alcohol content so you get more bang for your buck out of the flask so uh, i guess makers would be a good choice or any other kind of higher uh proof whiskey Derek definitely likes bang for his buck well, well, we got a bunch of red and salt over here absolutely <laughs> oh how do we use <laughs> that yeah, I made I made the first drop. You like that, Ryan? And I will use that every chance I get. Any uh, uh, if you never else? had a redhead slut, if you never had a redhead slut, get one. I I maintain that every episode of anything, anything else it. you guys want to talk about? We got time. Hmm. Hmm. Derek's pondering. Uh, I guess my final note is, because I just kind of wrote some stats down and I found it interesting, is NFL ratings are down. NBC down 11% on their Sunday night football slot, and Fox is down 16% with their slot of games. And CBS was up 4%, but keep in mind the election was last year, so if you're up from that, uh, you're not looking very great. And if you're down from that, like the other two, uh, definitely not looking good, because a lot of viewers were distracted by the election and the debates and everything. So uh, I think these protests are having pretty significant impact on... Uh, these networks uh, and my final point i'd say is uh i just Definitely. got over being sick Ryan? after like being sick for five days and i don't care about all the controversy about vaccines or anything but i will sneak into every one of you fuckers house and vaccinate you for the cold and flu because i should not be liable whenever i'm at the bar to get sick just because your dumbass won't get a fucking vaccine uh the cold i i tried to feed it and did you get the flu or the cold well, no, the the flu, the fever. That I had a fever. A whatever that is. Okay, Only if yeah. you live in So Philly, for all those out there, make sure you go get a vaccine for a fever. <laughs> all right. Well, that's gonna do it, folks. Thank you for listening for the first Menage a Trois episode. Remember to follow the podcast. Uh, at the BBB podcast on iTunes, at the BBB pod on Twitter. We need some more questions, guys, right? Don't you think? We need some more topics from the people. The people need to speak up. We need... Oh, particularly bullshit questions because, you know, uh, we have a lot of good opinions on a lot of bullshit topics, I feel like. So, yeah, send them in. Yeah. Make sure to leave a fat five-star review on there. 
I, we need, I, want, I want more people. I want, I want at least two more. Just give me two. Just give me two more by the next recording. Two people out there. Do it for your mans. For Derek, for Ryan, I am Joey. Have a great weekend, folks. See you later.